Welcome to the Podcasters for Christ podcast, a teaching outreach brought to you by podcastersforchrist.com. If you're a Christian author, entrepreneur, or minister ready to share your message with the world, listen in as Christian online media expert, Pastor Bob Thibodeau, teaches you how to move your podcast from concept to launch quickly and effectively. Grab a cup of coffee and take notes. It's time to learn how to create a powerful podcast. Now to your host that's used online media to reach over 160 nations with the gospel of Christ, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. Everyone comes to a moment in life where they're at a crossroads. They know they need to do something. They're just not sure what that something is. It could be a career choice. It could be to leave one job or take another. It could be about who to marry or not to marry. It could be a life-changing decision that will impact you for the rest of your life. At times like that, we often you know, hear believers talk about knowing God's will. You know, you'll hear things like, I'm seeking God's will in this matter. I'm waiting to hear from God on what I should do. Wouldn't it be great to know, and yes, I'm going to say the word, a formula to help you determine to know God's will for your life? Look, did you know it's not very hard to discover the formula to know God's will? Amen. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good already. Our guest today has re- released a new book that will help us do just that. Glory to God. Mike Snyder's our guest today. He's a retired Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel, a graduate of the Marine Corps Command and Staff College, a graduate of the U.S. Space Command and Space Operations. He's currently with Raptor USA, a strategic marketing consulting firm that works with middle market principals and their teams nationwide. He's also a managing partner at RSM Marketing, a leader in providing outsourced marketing department resources to entrepreneurial middle market growth companies nationally. He's also the author of two great books, The Great Marketing Lie, which he co-authored with Bruce Raleigh, and The Formula for Knowing God's Will for Christians, Agnostics, and Atheists, which he has just released. Amen. And today, of course, we'll be discussing The Formula for Knowing God's Will. Help me welcome to the program... Mike Snyder. Mike, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today, brother. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Glad to be here. The first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Mike Snyder? Well, Mike Snyder is just like anybody else on the planet. You know, we are a child of God. Where you're somebody who should be a child of God, <laughs> and thankfully I was, uh, became a child of God. You know, when I was a child, you know, seven years old, and ever since then it's just been a journey. So you know, we are all who we are, and we're all on a journey. And those are the two things that we are, besides husband, wife, father, or you know, all that other stuff that comes with it. Fundamentally, uh, you know, we're kind of naked on this planet, trying to figure out where to go, who we are, and what to do with ourselves. Yeah, and so that's yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. I want to cover something that I read in your background. I know you were working in the public affairs office for the Pentagon, the Marine Corps, et cetera, during the time of 9-11. I worked as a public affairs officer for the state police department I was working with. And my major incidents were usually, you know, traffic fatalities, police involved shootings and things like that. And that was hectic enough. I knew I could not provide information to the public until I had verified the sources and the information I had and then had to get that cleared from above for release and et cetera. How chaotic was it to try and provide 
verifiable information amidst all that was happening on 9-11. Because, I mean, you had to deal with information that the Joint Chiefs were needing and feeding that information to the president. Just give a glimpse of what true chaos looked like in that environment. Wow, that is a heck of a, of a leading question. So it just, it just so happened, and I love, you know, we talked about this before, when you say things like it just so happened, I just happened to be um, one of uh, uh, three media relations officers at NORAD in Colorado Springs on 9-11. Now, I w- actually worked as a public affairs officer for the Marines in New York City for four years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, when, when those towers got hit and I was at work, it just so happened, you know, I was a reservist and I was actually on my two weeks of active duty at NORAD. Oh, and wow. so watching those planes impact those towers. And I was like, you know, a New Yorker expatriate, you know, and I'm yeah. going, wow, that is amazing. Oh, God, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, the phone started ringing. And that's when we found out at NORAD that we were being blamed for the attack on the towers. Because NORAD's mission, of course, is aerospace defense over North America. Yeah. And that was an aerial attack. Now, we were, we were typically looking out for Russian bear bombers yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. But the entire world descended on NORAD mm. that morning and wanted to know uh, three things. The first thing is, is, you know, why didn't you stop the attacks in New York City and, and, and Washington, D.C. and I think Pennsylvania? What happened there? Two, is George Bush inside of Cheyenne Mountain? And three, what are you doing to prevent this from happening again? Now, to your point, nobody knew anything because the basically the Pentagon had been evacuated. And so uh, we all defaulted to our cultural background in the military. Uh, so, you know, I was serving with Army officers, Air Force, Navy. There was even a Coastie in there. And so the Army said, well, we're not going to talk to the media because we're still mad about them about Vietnam. That's actually that was what they said <laughs> in that office. That was one guy, Barry, Major Barry. I won't say his last name because, you know, <laughs> privacy. Uh, see, the, 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 the Air Force said we have to have lots of meetings. We got to have lots of meetings to discuss what we're going to say. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the Navy said, well, we can't say anything until we get approval by higher headquarters, to your point, and they're offline because the Pentagon had been evacuated. And me, the little Marine, because God bless the Marine Corps, and this may be why Heaven's Gates are guarded by Marines, we said, well, we can't say nothing. We have to say something. What can we say? You know. And eventually it was that Marine Corps attitude that prevailed. And we said, look, we don't have answers for what happened, but we can tell you right now, if you see jets overhead, because people called that night from Denver, you know, midnight, and I, I had the midnight watch on, you know, 9-11 became 9-12, and I'm talking to radio producers all across the country, people were freaked out, you know, and there was Katana, which means no planes were flying, and so that's when we developed our message without higher headquarters, you know, we got that the next day. Uh, which the official answer pretty much is we don't know. We're going to figure that out with the FAA over the next several months. Because <laughs> you know, the FAA and NORAD didn't have the uh, the communication lines to talk because nothing like that had ever happened before. Right. But basically it came out and said, of course, what can we say? And that is the men and women of NORAD are awake tonight, doing what we do so you guys can sleep. And, you know, the sounds you hear are probably the sound of freedom. Yeah. That was the answer. And that became our message for the next several months. Amen. Amen. Yeah. When I, when I read that, that you were there for 9 11, oh, that's got to be the first question. <laughs> no. And by the way, on 9 12, they moved us inside of Cheyenne Mountain. Did they really? Behind that yeah. huge steel door. So we were yeah. inside that big mountain. It was, it was something else. Amen. Yeah, I, make it up. I, I, I've interviewed a couple people. Uh, one was at the Pentagon uh, that day, and uh, he had his office was obliterated, but he had gone 
to another meeting on the other side of the Pentagon, like 30 minutes before it happened, you know? And, uh, I mean, just how God was just maneuvering people as best he could to get them out of the way, you know? And, uh, but yeah, this, I'll never forget that day. That's for sure. Amen. Praise God. All right. So with that as the lead in, why do people struggle to know God's will in the first place? <laughs> really? It is, it is kind of amazing. Let's transition. <laughs> well, you know, so yeah, as I was doing the research for this book, like why would anybody be interested in a book on how to know God's will? Right. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of research out there and it's kind of scary research. You know, it basically says it looked like, you know, 5% of Americans read the Bible every day. You know, and that's largely skewed by my mom, who's 81. Okay, uh, you know, in that generation, you know, highly uh, disciplined in their Bible reading. Then you, you come across other statistics, like only one third of Zennials. Now, I, I have two kids who are Zennials, right? And only a third of them identify as Christian. Hmm. I mean, you know, and then there's another you know uh, stat that says about uh, you know 40 percent, 45 percent. Of, uh, of, of youth and their parents believe that more than one religion can be true, you know? And so it's like, wow, you know, how? And then, of course, you know, it's nearly universal, you know, at least by way of, I talk, I talk, I, 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 I talk to hundreds of young people, you know, over the years, because, of course, I, I employ, you know, uh, marketing grads. And I ask them, what's the source of your values? You know, what's the plan for your life? And they, they say, I don't know. It's to be a good person, you know, but I don't know what to do with my life. And so, of course, anecdotally, uh, over the past 20 years, that largely this need for some basic, you know, don't start in Genesis and end up in Revelation. That's <laughs> going to be too hard. So yeah. let me do the synthesis for you and boil it down in a way that Christians or agnostics, or atheists, and God told me to write it that way. I didn't you know, sit down to write it that way, but God said, stop, wait, pen down, tear up your outline that you have, and just listen to what I have to say about how I want you to write this book, mm -hmm. because, of course, the young people out there, and I would say that really, you know, young adults, teens, um, are going to be benefit the most because they don't have much experience with how life actually happens. Now, and, and, you know, and I'm getting feedback from all kinds of generations and ages, if you Amen. Will. You know, and so a lot of people are benefiting from this book or sections of this book for different reasons, you know, because it, it covers the entire lifespan because, of course, God's never done with us. That's right. And if you think God's done with you, he's not done with you. We have to be receptive to listening to God. And that's really I think, you know, especially when you're young and you got all these things in your mind and you got all these voices talking at you from books or your employer or whatever, you know, and it's overwhelming. Well, being quiet and actually listening you know, is, can be, uh, can be challenging. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amen. That's it, true. It's still small voice. And that's part of the formula. And there is a formula. I love it because there's a formula for everything. There really is. <laughs> hey, did you do any Thanksgiving cooking this past week? Well, there was this thing called a recipe that you probably right. followed. And that is a formula. <laughs> that's right. Amen. Go to put gas in your car. First, you go to the gas station. <laughs> there's a process or a formula for that. We don't really think of it that way, but, you know, it's very freeing as I as I thought about, well, can God's will be a formula? Can, can it be formulaic? Is it a process? It absolutely is. Hey, man. That's now, cool. don't blow me sure? up on Facebook. I've had a couple of people blow me up on Facebook over that. God's formula is to read the Bible. I, I know. I that's know. That's one formula. Yeah. Okay. That's where it starts. <laughs> that's right. But there are some common threads that you share that supports your conclusion that a formula for life works. 
you also say it's by design. So if we were to implement these formulas, does that mean we will get standardized results? Is that what you're saying? Um, well, that is the that is the outcome of a formula. And I, I would say you're going to get a result standardized. I don't know about that because God's plan for each individual life is different. OK, but if you apply the formula, you are going to get a result that is guaranteed Okay, because God's word cannot return void. And that's it. I mean, you know, and, and by the way, how can an atheist benefit from that? Well, I mean, honestly, and this is where it may get a little controversial as I've thought about this, you know, Paul, Saul, he wasn't a believer. That's God right. had a plan for him. God stopped that guy on the road and got his attention. OK, he became a believer. Moses was not a believer, if you want to think about it like that. Right. You know, he was he was Egyptian. He was, you know, cult, culturally Egyptian. God had to stop that guy, toss him into the desert for shake and bake for how many years until he got all that Egyptian out of him. And he was ready to listen and do God's will. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So it can Amen. apply to anybody, whether you know you're doing the process or not. That's right. Amen. Very free. So this will work then for basically any person. Well, I believe so. Amen. I'll stand. I'll stand on that. Amen. So you know, we know the devil's plan is to keep us confused and not fulfilling God's will for our life. So, what are what are some of the obstacles that people probably run into as they seek to discover and implement God's will for their life, especially using this for plan or formula? Well, so the first, so there's you know the first there's two wills of God, <clears throat> you know, and the first will of God is is transformation. He wants to transform us. Now, really funny coming, it's in the book too, by the way. So, you know, having been a Marine Corps officer, they actually have a strategy called transformation in the U.S. Marine Corps. And they apply it using that word to the new recruit who comes in as a Mike or a Robert or a Susan or a Betty, and they leave a U.S. Marine in the longest boot camp out of all the services. So, so this is where you got to think about it, right? And they talk about transformation over that 16, 18 weeks, and you go through this thing called a crucible, which is an ultimate test, not just of your skills, but of your values and your ability to suffer and persist. Does this sound familiar to anybody? And so, you know, this transformation, you know, and they have, you know, 11 leadership traits that the Marines adhere to. And of course, we call that the fruit of the spirit. I love that, right? This is why this is why it's so hard for youngsters in the Google age to get their hands around like you know God's values because we call it something complicated like the yeah. fruit of the spirit. Now, I'm not mocking it, but I'm saying you know right faith, love, joy, peace, long suffering. You know all those things. The more that we can embrace this transformation that God wants us to go through, the more ready we're going to be for the second part of God's will, which is doing right. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Do. And I'm also going to try to get you to do what I want you to do. Amen. What's going to be good for you and good for me. And that's right out of the scripture. So there's, you know, it says in the scripture, uh, it is God who works inside of you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that's the formula. Now, the thing is, is when we read scripture, it doesn't say A plus B plus C equals D. Okay. But if you break it down, and, and, you know, and just listen to what was said, then yes, that absolutely. It is God who works inside of you. So it's inside of me, both to will, you know, which is in the head and to do, which is really out of the passion of the heart, my good pleasure, which is his will. And that's the second part. As we think, 
And as we will, and right, the 18 inch difference, you got to connect the two, the head and the heart. And when those two are aligned and you can't shake it, give it a couple of days, give it a couple of weeks, you know, and this is where let's now let's overlay some philosophy. I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, you know, what you think about all day long, you become. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so that's, there's philosophy there. Yep. Amen. There's military Amen. science there. You know, yeah, right. Transformation. Yep. That's yeah. part of it. That's what boot camp is for to immerse you into a different culture until it becomes. You. I know. It's acculturation. <laughs> that's in the book. Yeah. Now you asked a question though, because now then what happens once you, and this is life, and this is certainly the life of a Christian, but it's also the life of anybody because, you know, um, you know, uh, there's pain and pain looks a different pain. looks like failure. Pain looks like waiting. Pain looks like being under-resourced, you know? And so in that scripture that I quoted you, the very next scripture said, now don't complain. It literally says that, right? Yeah. It's going to be me working in you to both to will and to do my good pleasure. The next scripture says, now don't complain. Amen. Well, why would you complain? Because it's not nice. It's going to be painful. It might even be ugly. Look what Moses and Paul had to go through. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. reason to complain, and they did. Look at David. He complained a lot. He was being yeah. chased around, right? Yeah. So, yeah, in our lives, next thing you know is, you know, I call it being sandpapered in the book. You know, you are going to get sandpapered. You know, and if you've ever worked aboard, taking it from raw grain down to yep. smooth as a baby's butt, you know, it, it, it entails a lot of painful sandpapering, yep. you know, starting with big grit for the major defects all the way down to 200, 400 grain, which is you yep. know, how you get it really smooth. And God does that in our life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, so be how prepared. Can, how can people overcome these obstacles as they face them? Knowledge. First of all, knowledge, you know, I mean, what I, what I mean by knowledge is if you know the formula is, okay, first of all, I'm supposed to transform more into something better, whether you're agnostic or atheist, think about it, right? What are, what are your values? What drives one, you know, your decisions? Are you going to be making your decisions based on selfishness or anger or unforgiveness? Okay. And, and what then will, you know, those decisions look like and what are you going to do when you encounter pain? You know, when your plan doesn't work out. Or it's taking like, you know, I mean, I've been there, man. I'll tell you, I mean, I did not, when I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, wanted to get out of the Marine Corps for the first time, I'm like, you know, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I'm waiting, Amen. And I'm waiting. Yep. And God told me something I didn't even know how to do. He said, just, I want you to write this little business plan. I was a Marine. I didn't know how to write a business plan, but five I started working on op order we could do. <laughs> well, I, can do that. I can write a five paragraph op order. Exactly. You know, and so I did. And then I gave it to somebody at my church. Next thing you know, I'm in ministry. Okay. <laughs> so I was, I was a licensed minister. I could, I could, I could bury you, but I couldn't marry you. Yeah. And this was the largest Protestant church in Staten Island, you know, and, and I, I'd wanted to go into the Peace Corps when I got out of the Marine Corps. And instead I ended up in God's Corps. Amen. But I had to go through this process of wait and wait, you know, and be confused, you know, and, and have faith nonetheless. And yeah. so that's why that's why, you know, when you encounter Amen. obstacles, right, you know, if you know, if you know, this is part of the, of the formula. And now, so look, I'm going to say something else here. And that is you understand the nature of things because God's you know, thumbprint is on all of the universe. So light travels from the sun as a straight line. No. No. Light travels as a sine wave. It goes up uh, and it goes down. 
it, there's highs and there are lows. It literally travels as a sine wave. That's science. That's physics. You can't, okay. you know, it just does. Why? Yeah. I don't know because God created the sun and God created light. And that's how things in life move with ups and downs. So we're surrounded by seasons, winter, spring, death, resurgence, ups and downs. And so why would our life be any different? Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Share with us the formula for discovering and knowing God's will. <laughs> it's a five finger approach. <laughs> okay. So, you know, uh, in the Marines, of course, you got to keep it simple, stupid, right? Kiss the kiss principle. And God's the same way. I mean, God does not make it so difficult to understand, you know, how to be successful within his curricula, if you will, you know, with his, within his program. We, we, we think that, you know, uh, it's mysterious. Uh, we think that it's perhaps hard and it is initially, that's because anything in, in life is hard. Driving a car was hard before you knew how to drive a car, riding a bike. And then all of a sudden you're doing it in your sleep. And some people actually do do it in their sleep. <laughs> you know, so, you know, don't want that to happen. So, you know, uh, as in life, we get gray hair. I got gray hair now. You know, you, 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 you do no this hair. formula over, right? You know, no hair, gray hair. Um, but you do this thing over and over again. And if now, you know, if you, if, if you live a life of wisdom, which is the application of knowledge or in reverse. Okay. This happened. Why reverse engineer? Why did that happen? Or how do things happen over and over again? And that's when I really began to discern this pattern over and over again, you know, of, um, you know, going through a season of challenge, you know, going through a season of, you know, hearing something in your head and your heart, you think maybe that's God, or is that just indigestion? No, I think that's God. I prove it out over some time. I'm going to latch onto that. I'm going to do something, and then I'm going to go through a season of pain, waiting, failure, and then I'm going to succeed. And even after that, you know, there's these things called fog and friction that are going to come my way, and I'll enter into a season of peace. So you go from a season of confusion, challenging, and then peace. So having said that, that you know, the formula for God's will is it starts out with God's first will, which is transformation. I'll tell you what. You know, and that is your entire life. You're working on things. And I can I can point to times in my life when I've prayed for, for patience. Don't ever do that because God's going to give you a big challenge in your life. <laughs> and that actually happened, you know, and then you know how you're going to respond to that. Well, OK, I'll just tell the story really quickly. So here I am. I'm running an ad agency and I, pray, I was praying for patience as a Christian. Well, it just so happens that, you know, the creative director hated my guts. He just did. I, he took one look at me. We brought him in from the West Coast, you know, and I don't have this big background in advertising. I'm just the Marines. He didn't like that. So, you know, he came in like the next day and he's screaming at me. I mean, he was a screamer. So he's screaming at me and you know, over something that my team did wrong. And uh, what do I do? Well, I go back to values. Right. And God, God, how do you want me to handle this? Well, it's not a mystery. There's a scripture that says, bless those who curse you. Pray and bless those and pray for those and bless those who curse you. So I did. And every time he'd yell at me, I just pray for him and bless him based on a value of patience. And how do you operationalize patience, you see? And that's why the transformation part of God's will is so important. Now, um, in the book, we talk about releasing God, because when you do God's will, when you obey God, you release him to do things in your life. Amen. Yeah. Shortly Amen. after I won, if you want to call it that, you know, he finally got so fed up, he, he left the company. And shortly after that, I got promoted to the president and CEO of that company. Mm. Now, I didn't know that was going to happen, but God knew something. And I obeyed him in something that was small. And he gave me something that was larger, you mm. see. And I'd, I always wanted that. I didn't know how that was going to happen. 
So, you know, you, 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 you know, transform yourself, you know, well, you really don't, you are willing to go that route. And then, you know, God will work on you. That's the first, that's the first plan or the first part of the world. That's A. B is you have to listen to your head and you got to get in tune with your heart. This is really hard because it means you got to, you got to be quiet. You got to quiet it down. Yeah. I'm not saying, look, you don't have to like pray nine hours a day. This is where we get it wrong, right? We have to beg God. No, you don't. You know, if you're laying there in, in the morning or at night, or, you know, if you're just sitting there listening to some music, just clear your head and just listen. Or maybe you're driving a car and things pop into your head like they do for me all the time. And you, you say, wait, that's not a random thought. That may be God talking to me. And then I, I, you test it. I can't shake it. You know, I wake up the next morning. It's not like you go off randomly and within five minutes are doing something. But anyway, so when you know you can't, we are what we think about all day. That may be God talking to you. Now, the third part is you got to do something. This is really important. You know, you got to cement it. And, you know, there's a scripture, of course, that says faith without works is dead being alone. So you can't say, well, I have faith that God's going to bring something better for me. Well, I would respond with, what are you doing? Well, what do you mean? What are you doing? I'm just waiting. Waiting is actually, you know, as a Marine and an ad guy, marketing guy, it's my least favorite word in the American language. (laughs) I hate that word, wait. Because usually wait means you're waiting for someone else to maneuver on you and blow you up, right? So, you know. Maneuver warfare, movement is life, you know, and God says, get out there as they were going. You know, this is this comes out of the Gospels. Right. So and I had a little sticky and I wrote it down as they were going and I put it on my computer screen, even in business, because I realized that if I wanted good things to happen in the business, I was going to have to be content for that to happen as we were going, basically not knowing what we were really doing, but we were walking, we're moving here. And that's really the only way that God is going to work in your life is if you're moving, because part of it is you got to bump in to what he wants you to bump into. If you're just sitting on your couch day after day, no, you know, Amen. you know, yeah, that's true. Yes. Amen. Amen. So if, if God says, look, I, you know, I, you know, I think I might need to get into, uh, you know, maybe become an auto mechanic. Well, then tomorrow, go register at the community technical college to enroll in an automotive you know, course. Do it. Right. That's what that's what faith looks like. Or, you know, you know, maybe I need a better friend. Okay, well, then stop going to the bar and start going to church and enroll in the YouTube or something. Yep. Do something. Okay, that's true. So that's the second part. The third part, of course, is the pain element. And the fourth part is, you know, preparation, which we're just talking about there. So you're going to go through pain. And when you're going through pain, which is confusion or not knowing what you're supposed to do, do something. Prepare, prepare. Right. You know, and uh, like I told you that story, I prepared for getting out of the Marine Corps by just doing this business plan. You, I prepared another time by getting a certification, you know, in public relations, you know, and that 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 led me to get, you know, a whole nother opportunity in advertising. I didn't even know what's coming. And then really the fifth part um, is this attitude of gratitude. Amen. We have got to be thankful, thankful for the trials thankful for the failures, knowing, you know, and, and your own story, you know, pastor, you know, you've, you shared with me and that's, I'll tell you, no pain, no gain. And, you know, right. gratitude is the oil in the engine that keeps it all going together. By the way, if you don't have gratitude, you know, that, you know, that reservoir in your heart, that reservoir in that engine is going to be full of something. It's either going to be full of gratitude or it's going to be full of resentment. Yeah. Amen. That's true. Yeah. 
It's true. When I got out of service, there was a lot of resentment there for a long time. Now I embrace that. I mean, it's yeah. Amen. Amen. Cause I got rifted. That's why I had to get out. No, no, no. I, I get it. I've had a lot of buddies get ripped here, forced out. So just to summarize really quickly, right? You transform, always be on a, on a, on a path towards bettering yourself um, to listen to your head and listen to your heart, knowing that that's the plan, whatever you can't get rid of three, do something Amen. act now. Right. I'm not using faith and all this other Christian speak. You know, if you're an atheist or agnostic, these things are, you can do these things right Four, you're going to get sandpapered. Don't be surprised. Have the knowledge you're waiting for. It. You're waiting for that big wave to come crashing on your beach, and it's going to be no surprise. And when all this stuff happens, the fifth one is be grateful. Otherwise, you're going to get mired in anger and resentment, and that's going to take you far off the plan of your life because yep. you can't Amen. do anything in that mode. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That that's is so true. Yeah. That's Praise simple. God. We keep it simple here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. I know you've already received some testimonies to the power of this book and, and what it teaches. As we get ready to close, can you share just a couple of examples with us real quick? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's really something else, you know, because yeah, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. I'm writing this from like a, a lay perspective, walking the walk and working with hundreds of other people. You know, from all that I've said, Christians, agnostic, they're walking, they're trying to walk a walk, you know. And so that's where, you know, and what I have done in the marketing and certainly the Marines all formulaic, you know. And so I wrote it from that perspective. You put it up on Amazon, then the reviews start coming in. You're like, oh, God, I don't know that I'm strong enough to take this. And, you know, I mean, this this a lot of great response, you know, and it's like, look, I couldn't put down this book. It's written from a non-religious voice. It's it's it it talks to me where I am, you know, or and then then you get like hurt Christians, you know, I was raised a Christian, you know, then I left the faith and I considered myself spiritual. But I've had a lot of questions and I read this book and they it addressed a lot of those questions Amen. or an agnostic right saying, you know, I, I read this book and I, I was really prepared not to like it. But, you know, kind of the title really intrigued me. And, you know, it just gave me a whole lot to think about. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was inspirational and motivational. You know, and I'm telling you, because I know something, you know, and I know that uh, really the uh, and I don't say this in the book, it's non-religious, but that that thing talking in your head and in that heart's called the Holy Spirit yeah. reaching out to you. And by the way, I mean, every hour of the day, because the will of God isn't just for the big stuff. The will of God's on the small stuff, too. You know, like all of a sudden you, you hear this message. You, you ought to call Jason. Well, why do, why do I need to call Jason? So, hey, Jason, I'm just calling. Oh man, Mike, I, you know, I had a death in the family and I just sitting here and really, I mean, these things happen, that's small stuff, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. yeah. And uh, you can go and look at the reviews. I mean, they're yeah. really colorful. <laughs> yeah, I did. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, how did someone you, order a copy of your book? Formula you know, God's well, you can read it for free. If you, if you like, you know, reading uh, PDFs, you can God's will dot or what is God's will.com. What is God's will.com where you can go on Amazon and, and, and search for it. And uh, got it greatly discounted, you know, so I don't make a penny, but I want the book to be out there. You can get it on Kindle or a paper copy. Amen. And, let Amen. and if someone wanted to get in touch with you to ask a question or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me at whatisgodswill.com. Send an email. Uh, you know, uh, LinkedIn actually has my, my, my phone number and my, my email. So, yeah, those are the best ways to get in contact with me. 
Amen. I'll put links all at the show notes below. Praise the Lord. Thank Folks, you. wasn't that interesting? Praise God. I know I'm looking forward to reading more of Mike Snyder's book, Formula for Knowing God's Will. I mean, you need to drop down into the show notes right now and order your own copy. Get it now while you're thinking about it. In fact, as this interview is being released, it's Christmas season right here in the United States. Praise God. And this book would make an excellent gift for just about anybody that's on your Christmas list. This would be a huge blessing to your pastor too. Be sure to order several copies. Just sew them into someone's life that you care about. Amen. Just drop down the show notes, click the links right there, order your copies of Knowing God's Will, and reach out to Mike. Praise God. Tell him what you think about the book. He's interested in your feedback as well. Mike, it was an absolute blessing to have you on the program today, and I want to thank you again for taking the time to come on and share all about this fabulous book that the Lord has had you put together to be a blessing in these last days that we live in right now. And I do appreciate your time. Glad to be here and appreciate the opportunity as well. And uh, folks, that is all the time we have for today. From Mike Snyder, myself, Pastor Bob, reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Oh,